Hello and welcome. What is this, episode five or are we on six? This is six. We should have figured that out before we started rolling. Fuck me. Oops. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. Cut the B tape. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the R&D Podcast with Mr. Dale Reynolds and yours truly, Ethan Rondo. How are we doing today, Dale? I'm doing alright, Ethan, man. How is everything good over in uh, over there in Las Vegas? Where are you at? Oh, it's hot. 107. It's, uh, you know, hot like Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> hot like Sunday night. Hot like Saturday night and you want to fight, right? Oh, yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, that's that's probably a better analogy. Yeah. Speaking of Saturday nights, uh, Superstar Racing Experience isn't too far away from uh, Saturday nights. Nope, nope, not too far. Yeah, that's uh, that SRX race is going to be here in Stafford. Um, not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday. Unfortunately, I will. It's already sold out. I tried to get tickets for it, and it's already sold out. But um, I was thinking about it, but yeah, it felt like it sold out before it even went up. Yeah, went I, so fast. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's that's gonna be awesome for Stafford, and it's great for SRX too, because Stafford is obviously a legendary track, and uh, I I so wanted to go, but unfortunately I won't be able to. But yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's I mean, fascinating looking cars too. I mean, well, I don't know about fascinating, but I mean, a car with a wing that doesn't look like. Uh, it was just kind of forced on there. It looked like it. I mean, the wings on those carlists looked like they were built in, basically. Yeah. Like it was already part of the original identity of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the you know you know the best thing I love about those SRX cars, Ethan. There's no splitter on them. Oh, thank goodness. No splitter, valence. If only they were allowed to adjust uh, adjust the ride height. But seeing as how that's basically an IROC series, that ain't happening. Yeah, no, definitely not happening. But either way, no no splitters on the front, which I'm very happy about. So um, they can keep those they can keep those splitters way the fuck away from those cars for all I can care about. We need hashtag Team Valence forever. I'm with you. Alan Bestwick's gonna be on the call. I'm stoked. Oh, Alan Bestwick, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I mean, oh, speaking of uh, SRX, what did I see today? Uh, not, oh, no, it's not SRX. Did you see Donnie Schatz is going to be driving a truck at Knoxville? No, I did not That's see that. That's why I thought of SRX. I think SRX is going to Knoxville, too. That might be why I just thought of that. Shit, um, so pardon me. Yes, they are going to Knoxville, I think. Okay, all right, yeah. I should it's, know. It's two dirt tracks. It's Eldora, Knoxville. I know they're going to Stafford, Slinger Speedway in Wisconsin, yep. IRP. And Nashville. And one more. Nashville. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Yep. They were testing at Nashville yesterday. Mm-hmm. I should know that. I bought SRX the game. Good game, by the way. Good solid player. <laughs> Ooh. All right, all right. I might have to. I might have to take you up on that. I saw the stadium super trucks are in there. Tony yeah. Stewart must have called up Robbie Gordon and been like, "Hey, you want in on this?" Yeah, that's right. You should. Uh, <laughs> we need a little. We need a little help. Let's let's put these in the game. Stadium yeah, super trucks are. Uh, well, Robbie Gordon. Robbie Gordon. That's like super trucks are his SRX. Like I think I don't know if he created that. Like Stewart Nevernham created SRX, but. It might uh, be. Honestly, Stadium Super Stadium Super Trucks are the reason we have Sheldon Creed partially too. Yeah, because he came out of there. That he did. Yeah, 
Nope, and, and that's right. Stadium Super Trucks. I don't know if Robbie Gordon created the Stadium Super Trucks. I'm not entirely sure, but it sounds like something he would do. I would. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to go see them race. Greg Biffle got in one of those. Oh, he did. How did he do? That I couldn't tell you, uh, but I do know he will also be in SRX, just to bring that conversation full circle. Yes, he will be in there. Um, our 2021 Indy 500 winner, four-time winner now, Helio Castroneves, is also in that game. Um, kind of going through the list, because I remember um, it's got Tony Kanan. There's Tony Kanan, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte, Bill Elliott, Helio Castroneves, um, there's also, who the hell else was in there? Stewart obviously was in there. Uh, Paul Tracy was in there. Um, Greg Biffle. And a few other few other names in there as well. I don't remember every single one, but that's a good chunk of the SRX guys that are going to be racing. There's, uh, there's also going to be... There, I, I'm speaking a little out of school, but I know it's going down on this. There's going to be local heroes that race. I don't know about each race, but I know Doug Kobe is going to be. I, he's going to be at the SRX event for Stafford. I think he's Stafford's champion. Yes, and or something like that. To actually to go further, Doug Doug Kobe is actually in the SRX game, so I think he's going to. He's in it. I think he's in it the whole way. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Uh, that makes sense because he's actually missing a wheel and modified tour event for that. Chase Dowling is going to be driving Doug Kobe's number ten car next weekend while he is uh, in Stafford. No kidding. So where where's yeah. where's the mods at? Are they are they in Thompson? They're at New York. Uh, they're actually not going to Thompson this year. I'm gonna like run someone over the coals for that. I don't know who I need to talk to in NASCAR about that, That's... but I got a big discrepancy. They're not going to Thompson. Rake, Why? Rake someone... Rakes, all right, rake someone over the coals. Wrong word yeah. to the analogy. Uh, it's it's money. It's there's a lot that's going on with Thompson. I think it's money. I mean, they're all. I think they're only running six regular weekends or weeks this year for like a summer series. And I think, I mean, the the only other things they have are the icebreaker and the World Series. But Thompson Speedway, I think part of when they rebranded it, Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park. Um, feel like they were they went more to, they they've geared themselves more towards track days, road racing stuff you can make money on more consistently by opening the track up to people other than like I don't even know if they've got their NASCAR sanction, which I don't believe they do it. Uh, Thompson, yeah, I think they do. I'm, I'm pretty not, sure they still do. I'm so I'm so out of school on that man. My bad. Oh, that's all right. No, and I, I, it's it's interesting because, like, Thompson's always had a very strong presence with the Modifieds every year. I mean, Stafford and Thompson, yes. Waterford, I'm not still sure about Waterford because Waterford is down by the shoreline, and they had that big fiasco, that big scandal, like, six, seven years ago about the track owner being, like, a pedophile or some. I forget what exactly it is. but Yeah, no, you're you're accurate. Um, but I, I believe it was uh, a 
child pornography that that some, guy got in trouble for. Something like that, but it was... He was in some kind of ring, but it was a big bust. It was, and I still... I don't know if Waterford even still has their... If they even got their NASCAR sanction back. I don't think they did. I don't think they ever did. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. They, uh... I'm pretty sure the mods are going there this year. Oh, okay. Well, that that's cool, I guess. Um, but... Let me pull up the modified schedule, because they're in... Uh... Oh, it's Oswego. Oswego next week. Oswego. Okay. Oswego Speedway in New York. Uh, then they go Riverhead, also New York, New Hampshire in July, Which New York International. I'll be there Oswego. for the oh, first. Oh, they're going to Richmond later. Oh, they are. Okay. Oh, for New Hampshire. Oh, July seventeenth, right on. Yep. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there for the first time in four years, and I cannot freaking wait to go to New Hampshire this year. Oh, it's been too long. Oh. You're telling me, I think, I don't, I can't remember the last time, but 13? The last time I went to New Hampshire, Vickers won. That was 13. Yes. 2013. Yep. Yeah, that was 2013. I remember actually watching, I remember watching that with an ex-girlfriend at the time, and I was sitting there watching it, we were watching it together, and I was like, yo, I was like, Ethan's flipping shit right now because Vickers just won. <laughs> I, I was like, what? Talk, talk about shit you didn't expect, man. If that fit, you want to know a good what if for NASCAR history? Ooh, what's that? What if Brian stayed at? What if Brian Vickers stayed at Michael Waltrip Racing with Rodney Childers full time? Hmm. That'd be something because no Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, but yep. you get because Vickers was no slouch behind the wheel. I know he wasn't a Harvick, and maybe I'm biased because once Gordon retired, Vickers was going to be my driver until. Uh, I think it was health pushed him out of the car. Yeah. Yeah, Vickers had oh. blood clots. I remember he had issues with that. Yeah, he came back from those, but I don't, I don't know. The last, I mean, the last thing he drove was when, last time he drove was when Tony Stewart uh, broke his back. He was in the 14 car. Oh, yeah, years. yep, for the sure. That's right. I think like at the beginning of 16, I think it was. Yeah, whatever Stewart's last year was. Because didn't yeah. he get a waiver his last Yeah, he did. He and got a waiver. Sonoma. And then he won at Sonoma. Yeah. So, hell yeah. All right. So now that we covered the... Uh, yeah, the mods aren't going to Thompson this year. I thought they were going to Waterford. They are not. Uh, okay. The only Connecticut track schedule is Stafford, and they're going to Stafford three times. Usually mm. they go to Thompson three times. Nope, Stafford this year. Stafford this time. Okay. Thompson yeah. did implement a new... They've got... I don't know if it's new... They're running uh, tour-type open modified races at Thompson this year, though. That's the big the big draw. Mm. Excuse me. That no, excuse and the VMR... Is it VMRS? No, Tri-Track. Uh, the Tri-Track open modified tour is going to be there, too. Or not open mod, just modifieds. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that might explain it, though. Anyways, uh, yeah, to get to something we uh, we can speak a little more uh, soundly about as far as the topic goes, uh, let's just jump right into this weekend at uh, Charlotte. Uh, Dale and I didn't watch uh, Xfinity or Trucks, or Dale caught a little bit of the Xfinity race, but, you know, given our job situations, we were unable to uh, partake in the viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek took it on Friday night. For the trucks, uh, who won Saturday? I did not catch that. Oh, or I don't. Remember. 
I I don't even know who won on Saturday in the in the Xfinity series. I no, it was um, oh. I think it was uh, Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs won on Saturday. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. it's Ty Gibbs. I will. Jesus. I will. Eighteen years old, unsponsored, and he's got two wins. Two wins. I mean, amazing. That he's quickly proving that he's very talented. I will like to mention one thing about the truck race because I didn't see the truck race, but I did see this highlight of the Johnny Sauter crash. Of oh, that 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 was bad. Um, that was a caution that should have been thrown and did not get thrown. Um, I know that they talked about it on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio about like maybe why it happened Trey the way it did. Hutchins, right? I think it was. That was the 14. I know it was the 14 truck, Johnny yep. Sauter. And who, I don't know who was driving the 51 for Kyle Busch this past weekend, but he got a piece of it, too. I yeah. remember seeing that clip. That- uh, I saw a little bit of the interview with Trey Hutchins on Twitter because I did, I did see that happen Friday night. So I interacted a little bit with that. He said they cut a tire and he couldn't get it to pit road. And that's how he wound up up there. Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense, but the fact is is that this motherfucker could have set up a tent because he had that shit parked for so long up at that corner, and NASCAR still didn't throw a caution. Like, And, and you know what? That's that's okay. Like, we've seen it before where somebody's cut a tire, they move up out of the way to, like, slow down. You know, they can't really control the car or the truck, and NASCAR throws a caution because the car is going five miles an hour, but that, that never happened. And Johnny Sauter and the 51 truck were just barreling ass under green, and it was one of the more definitely one of the scariest truck crashes i've seen in recent memory that could have been if johnny Sauter was any more to the right where he couldn't kind of brush him off on his door we would be talking injuries many injuries it was it was scary to fucking see so i have no idea what happened with nascar and they they in my opinion dropped the ball on that big time because that was not pretty it was not pretty well, there was one thing, uh, a quote that I saw uh, through text on Twitter. Uh, Tab Boyd, who spots for... He spots for William Byron, I believe, on Sundays. He was Johnny Sauter's spotter Friday night. And he was positioned... Uh, the way the spotter's stand was positioned and where the 14 truck was sitting, he actually said he didn't even... He couldn't see the 14 truck. So that even makes it, like doubly dangerous and the onus even more on nascar to be more proactive with calling a caution sooner right you know where it given the situation of course sometimes i know we wish they'd keep their yellow flags in their pocket but you know in this case i'd be more than happy to throw a yellow for a car that's basically fucking parked on the racetrack right in the racing line coming off a turn four like that was that was ugly yeah, like how they brought the whistle out for the, uh, or they brought the flag out for that tire at Kansas. They yeah, it out yeah, they should have brought it out here. They should have saved that fucking flag at Kansas for that tire and used it here. I, I agree, a hundred percent. I didn't have a better analogy for that one, but yeah. So it sounds about uh, good to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, what works works. Uh. So that takes care of the Xfinity. Uh, all right, yeah, let's jump into Sunday. I'm trying to get my life together over here. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're getting your life together. Man. Yeah, that's that, all right. That, 
Well, no, my mic was like sitting up for a second and then it just smacked back down twice. It's like, you gotta, oh. you gotta tighten the bolts on that. Come on, man. Tighten it up. Oh, that's how you do that shit. Okay. Yeah, tighten it up. <laughs> You're used to hearing that. You're used to hearing that one. Tighten that shit up. Gotcha. I didn't know that's what this was for, to be honest with you. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Learn something new every day. All hell right. yeah, brother. Blessings to you. Thank you, Dale. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So Sunday. So to get into Sunday, yeah, you you might as well lead. You're the uh, I wouldn't call you the HMS fanboy, but by all means, get up on the soapbox, buddy. Damn you know, right, buddy. Chase I'm was a... fire. Everybody was everybody was on it uh, oh, Sunday for him. That's right. I'm gonna climb up on the roof of my car and shout to the hilltops, baby, man. Sunday, 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 and I'll I'll touch on the Indy 500. Let's touch on the Indy 500 first, just real quick, because. Obviously, that's a real big marquee event. Um, our picks, I picked Will Power. You picked Colton Herta. Is that right? Connor Daly. Connor Both. Daly. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, Will Power didn't amount to shit like I thought he would. Like I thought he would. So that was a little bit disappointing. Um, my man Tony Kanan was up front, and then the wrong side of strategy when the first caution came out in the middle of pit stops. He had to make an emergency stop. It pretty much went to the back of the field and was unheard of for the rest of the race until, like, the very end when strategy came in. And I think he snuck in for, like, a ninth-place finish. But a good way, I guess, a good safe way for him to go out. Um, obviously, the big one is that uh, Mr. Mr. Elio Casaneves, fourth Indy 500 win, putting him on the record books, matching him certainly with Rick Mears. And I think there's a couple others with four-time Indy wins, but... I mean, the race race was great. I, I enjoyed it as a race fan. As somebody who does not watch Indy every single week, um, I thought the Indy cars were very competitive. Maybe the, the cool temperatures kind of helped keep the field kind of together. Um, I heard that was a cold race. It was. Apparently, it was like 60 degrees or something like that. It was it was cold for Indiana. Indiana. It was cold for Indiana in May. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was cold. But I don't know if the temperatures played into that role or not, but I felt like the race was very enjoyable. Uh, cars could pass. NASCAR, <coughs> take notice. Um, but nah, uh, the cars could pass. Everybody was kind of racing. Everybody was very... The, the first half of the race was very strategic. People were saving gas and stuff like that. And then, like, the last run, last couple of runs, then they started racing. Elio, and and uh, he was racing a couple of young guns up there, man. And... <laughs> It was fun to watch, man. Those last few laps. Then he pulls off the win, and like his, his victory celebration was a very. Oh, it was a very good. It was a. It was a much needed reminder as to the reason why I fucking love auto racing. Because, God, <laughs> I, I, you and I talked about it before the podcast. Just how emotional he was, and like how excited he was. He ran halfway down the fucking front stretch to like wave at everybody like that came out. Uh, I thought he was gonna run all the way down. I thought he was too. There was a part of me that thought he was gonna just jog all the way down. <laughs> Seriously, and I mean he probably could have done it too. But um, it, that victory celebration, um, God, it was hard not to like just well up. It was hard not to like get real emotional because like you felt it man and it was that was amazing uh that indy 500 was very oh, yeah. very good it was a very good race uh not to down on nascar but i think nascar can take notes from that race and 
maybe do away with their stages because clearly <laughs> the Indy 500 was inter- entertaining enough where it doesn't oh, need stages. Oh, no, 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 no. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> I heard a little bit of banter on NASCAR Twitter, too. Or Red <laughs> uh, dude, I, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, like... Stage racing is not the issue, it's the cautions that they throw. I have no problem with stage racing if you're if you take the core principle and make it about points. Yes. Uh I am I don't stage racing's great. It incentivizes guys to race harder earlier in the race because there is more on the line throughout a race as opposed to just the final lap. Uh the thing is you can't have strategy in a race if you're manufacturing cautions, which we've gotten into on this podcast before. If you've listened before, thank you so much for putting up with another stand on my soapbox because it's about to happen. <laughs> when it comes to stages, don't throw the caution. Don't create a restart. It's not that fucking hard. Just hand out the points on the lap that it's the stage is supposed to end, whether we're under caution because of something naturally occurring or... Leave the race green, award the points. You don't need to interview the fucking winner of the stage in the middle of the race, even if there's a caution. I hate that shit, by the way. Let, let these guys do their fucking jobs. You ask enough of them. That's, that would bother the shit out of me. I'm trying to stay focused for a five, hell, 600-mile race with three stages on Sunday that pays points, and you want to get in my ear in between segments? Like, no. Like, <laughs> good for the drivers for doing it, and I'm sure the teams and them have to to sign off prior to, but that uh, as part of the TV deal entertainment factor, I, I get it but it's dumb uh, for me <laughs> stage racing, there's nothing there's nothing fucking wrong with stage racing it's just the way we go about it that's that's how I feel about it don't stop the race because you hope oh, the stage is over no, yeah, the race no. ain't over though, is it? Nope, race ain't fucking over gas, right? That's right. Yeah, the race ain't fucking over the stages, so we keep racing until you know we gotta throw the yellow. All right, I I think I've expanded enough. Damn right. That's about all. I, I fucking for. love it. Eight, that's fired up. Oh, baby. and one more. I, I'm not gonna say one other word about this, by the way. But the Coke 600 stays 600 miles. Fuck you. No. The one time a year we do it, we're bitching enough about race lengths already. No. No, 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 no! You leave the Coke Six Hundred the fuck alone. I agree. Like, I can't believe the actual discourse on that. We're gonna get a. <sighs> All right, yeah, you take it. Talk about something because I'm. <laughs> I love it. Fucking tell them why you fired up. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, I one hundred. I didn't even have to conjure that. Yes, that was beautiful. That was beautiful and well done. I, I gotta tell you, that was awesome. <laughs> It's so funny. It's almost like the John. It's almost like the the John Cena Roman Reigns uh, feud in WWE from like four or five years ago. It's like it's like congratulations. It took you six podcasts to finally get you to cut a promo. <laughs> hmm. I, I can't say I've seen that, but yeah. If if we were to use a highlight, if we were to have a highlight reel for this package or for this podcast, that that'd be on it. I guess that'll be it. I, you could start with that one. NASCAR uses the most volatile crashes to advertise. We might as well use our most volatile segments. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Are they still are they still showing Newman's replay as part of the advertising package on Fox? I, I think they are, just not the actual impact. 
<laughs> as fucked up as it is. They're showing the they're showing his highlights. Well, what, well, which impact? The one where he hits the ground, or the one where Corey LaJoy hits him? The one where fucking LaJoy hits him. Uh, they're they're not oh, showing okay. him actually hit like they're not. From what I've seen, it's nominal, but they're just showing Newman's car flipping into the air, like after Corey LaJoy hit it. Yeah. Oh, okay. They should just show Newman's car flipping back in like '03. He's got a knack for flipping in Daytona. He's, huh? he's, Remember that 12 car and yeah. Yeah, he's he fucking. I think he flipped at Daytona, almost flipped the Talladega the same year. I mean, that man is, uh, that man's used to flying. I mean, does he have a fucking well, pilot's they, license? They call him Rocket. They call him Rocket Man for a reason. <laughs> I'm sure. Of what he does on Friday. I'm sure he's fucking a Rocket Man. <laughs> he should have a fucking pilot's license too at this point. But no, I will agree with you. The 600, the Coca-Cola 600, stays 600 miles. It's the one fucking time a year we do it. Leave it the fuck alone. All right, it's like the Daytona 500. It, we're gonna talk about we want to we want to talk about shortening races. Are we gonna shorten the Daytona 500? Is it gonna be the Daytona 400? No, no, it's not. Oh, it's hell gonna, no. It's gonna we stay. already do 400 miles at Daytona. Exactly. So we don't need a 400 mile race. We we keep it the 500. Um, the 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 Coke 600 stays 600 miles, and, and that's period. Period. End of story. If you don't fucking like watching 600 miles of racing, then go fucking watch something else. Uh, leave leave the racing fans and the traditionalists. I mean, not the traditionalists, but like people that love the racing and love the idea of going 600 miles. Leave us leave us the fuck alone. Go 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 fucking kick rocks or something. Um, that's that's my entire opinion on that. We're gonna keep the 600, keep the Coke 600 600 miles. Leave it the fuck alone. That's like one of the things that you just don't touch. Don't touch the Coke 600 on Memorial Day weekend at Charlotte. Just don't fucking touch it. We don't need to touch it. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. Period. End of story. Next fucking I think discussion. There's, I think there's four things. Yeah, I think there's four things on the schedule, just to wrap this part up. But I think there's four races on the schedule you don't fuck with. And honestly, if you give me one more, nah, I'll... I'll... Anyways, the four that you shouldn't fuck with, Daytona 500, Coke 600, Bristol Night Race. And now that it's back, I, I don't move the Southern 500 off of Labor Day weekend. Um, the fifth one, the... They they just got rid of it or were and it already got announced that they're not having it again next year. But I feel like Homestead is subtly the perfect place to wrap up the title. I don't like that it's a 550 track, but if you, especially with the new car coming in, go back to Homestead to end the season. I think it puts on a better show than Phoenix. I would agree. I think the cars kind of ruined Homestead because the past couple years at Homestead. Um, actually, actually, first off, amen, my brother, on those four crown jewels. Um, don't touch them. Yeah, the fifth one is totally up for discussion. It's just, it's something that Phoenix is not a track that I'm like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Go, go on. Yeah, I mean, the Daytona 500, yes, you can argue back in the 80s. Yes, they ran Riverside as the first race this season before the Daytona 500. But the Daytona 500 has always been that kind of mid to late February date. Um, it's always been 500 miles. It's always been at the Daytona and, and on the big oval. Don't touch it. Leave it the fuck alone. Um you have, obviously, the Coke 600 of Charlotte. We discussed that. Don't touch it. Leave it the fuck alone. It's on Memorial Day weekend. Um, 
you could theoretically have made an argument for indie, but eh, eh, that's more of a. Oh. That's more of. It's more. It's just that. It's more important that we go there and not necessarily where right. it is on the calendar. It's NASCAR kind of needs indie. Indie doesn't need NASCAR. Kind of thing. Correct. Which is why we're going to the. Which is why they're running the road course this year. Right. Which I think is. I'd rather us run the oval just because of how different an oval that is, but I understand the product there is tough to watch for some people. And mm-hmm. with what the Xfinity series did on that track on the road course last year, there was no way you were going to talk them out of what happened doing no. the road course in a way. No, no. I, 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 uh, honestly, if, if you want to get, if you want to talk about indie, fuck. What I wouldn't give to see a cup race at IRP in my lifetime because oh. hashtag more short tracks. Yes, fuck yeah, I but agree. But that, that ain't gonna fucking happen until they that that track would have to. How much infrastructure would they have to dump into that? Way more, more than bathrooms, way more, way more than I think they're ever gonna be prepared for. Unfortunately, but I do remember yeah. ORP. You know, ORP always seem cool to me because you could buy a, a spot on the lawn in turn one because there was a hill over in turn one yeah, that always seemed like a good spot that, oh, that was one of, one of my favorite tracks to watch on television yeah that was such a that For was a good like little that. track that was a good little track but um yeah so the coke 600 stays the same yes you could make the argument for indie um my opinion, I feel like if we're going to Indy, we might as well run the Oval at Indy because that's the main attraction at Indy. I know that F1 raced the road course and whatever. Yeah, the tire fiasco happened, bullshit, whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like we should run the Oval. That's just that's just my opinion. Um, I'm glad to see that at least we're running the road course instead of kicking Indy off the schedule altogether because, I mean, Indy is still indeed a historic place. Um, but, yes, to kind of... It's but- so fucking adorable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brandy's coloring her hair over here, and she just dumped a bunch of orange. It looked like a carrot jizzed in her hair. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but she's, like, dancing and shit, and, yeah, she's gorgeous as fuck. That's Anyways, awesome. where were we? Yeah, no, so... I mean, I agree with Indy. At least we're staying at Indy. Um, but obviously, we have Darlington on Labor Day weekend. Please, for the love of fucking God, do not take that away from us again. It's obviously been proven that the NASCAR... That we're going to Darlington twice a year now? Ugh. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so keep, keep going. Darlington, the Southern 500 on Labor Day weekend. Don't fucking touch it. And then, obviously... The night race at Bristol, that late August night race at Bristol where it's hot and humid and fucking smoldering. And it's not only hot in the Tennessee Hills, but it's hot on the racetrack as well. People fucking tempers flaring. Perfect. Perfect. Those four races, don't fucking touch them. Leave them the fuck alone. As far as the schedule, everything else, you could do whatever the fuck you want with it. Except for, I'm sorry, maybe not not do anything that you want, but... Within reason, keep Pocono on the schedule, keep New Hampshire on the schedule, and other than that, I'm open for any... Hey, speaking of Pocono, there are doubleheaders coming up, right? Is that the end of this month? That is, yeah, it is the end of this month, yep. Or the first week of July. Or something like oh, that, okay. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 
it's close. It's it's not too far from now. I was debating on going. Unfortunately, I won't have the weekend off from work. Um, thankfully, I do have the weekend off from work uh, for New Hampshire, but I wasn't able to take time, unfortunately, for Pocono, which does kind of stink. But uh, Pocono doubleheader, that's going to be fun. Um, I, I feel like... All the Pocono naysayers are like, well, we got to race Pocono twice in one weekend now. What the fuck? Well, you guys complained, and they're the reason why that Pocono doesn't have two separate dates anymore. It's the reason why, oh, well, if you are gonna, if you don't want to watch Pocono, then just don't watch this weekend, and then you can tune back in for the rest of the races. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I <laughs> The racing at Pocono has been hurt with the 550 package. Are they using the 550 package at Pocono this year again? I can almost bet my life on it. That, that was, it's not the right decision. Um, and, yeah, to kind yeah, of. because especially at that track. Like, yeah, you go fast at that track, but you don't need to reduce horsepower there. Because that's part of, I mean, part of what makes that track so difficult. To appreciate Pokemon, because I struggle with it, or I did struggle with it until becoming friends with you over the years it's hard not to gain an appreciation of pokemon of pokemon like mm -hmm. th it's three different corners and yeah i know we get strung out there and shit but they still gotta wheel these cars hard the tunnel turn it takes it tunnel turn is one, one of the bravest corners in this sport i think that thing is fast you're yes. screaming down the back stretch and you don't even you barely even let off if you're doing it mm -hmm. right yeah yeah it's yeah. it's true Think Turn of, one is a shit show because of how wide. Think of all the different ways you can go through turn one, and then th turn three is one of the. It, it's so slow compared to the, the other two that it it creates, the braking zone for it creates like a lot of passing. I feel like I th three turns. I almost want to say three and four. But <laughs> turn turn three in Pocono is a, one of the coolest corners to to drive at least. From a video game standpoint, from what I remember. Yes. Like, you put the hammer down, you can set people up going if you got a good enough run. Mm. Pocono's a fun track, you just gotta learn to appreciate it. That's right. And I. Especially when people used to fuck themselves over with fuel mileage. Oh, that was fun. Oh, yeah. People run out, but they don't do that shit no more. Nope. Cause fucking thank you, thank you, fucking caution stage racing. <clears throat> Excuse me, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Pocono was. And, and, Pocono, I could tell you exactly what Pocono was modeled after. Turn 1 was modeled after the now defunct Trenton Speedway. There was Turn 2, obviously, was modeled after Indy. Um, but think of Turn 2 at Pocono faster and more sweeping than the 90-degree corner at Indy. Like, Indy, you actually have to, like, you have to slow down and take the corner appropriately. For some reason, Turn 2 at Pocono is a little bit broader, and you can just haul that thing off in there and hope it fucking sticks, and you kind of you kind of slide around Turn 2, and you just fucking go for it. Um, and then Turn 3 was modeled after the Milwaukee Mile, which obviously is flat and long, but... Yeah, the po the racing at Pocono is always good. It also good. needs to be back on the fucking schedule. Milwaukee Mile, yes, I agree. Another yeah, good that track. Needs, that needs to be back on the, uh, what do you call that at least At least the Xfinity Series uh, schedule. The Xfinity and the Truck Series. It was on both. Yes, it was. Yeah, I agree. And, yes. Because NASCAR 05. Yep. NASCAR 05. That's right, baby. <laughs> That's how I know that shit. The fucking modifieds were awesome at that track. But, oh, yeah. They did run them in that. Yeah. I, they must. 
I wonder if they they must have run the modifieds there in real life. I don't know if they ever did in real life. I mean, the closest thing they got for modifieds at Milwaukee was, well, modifieds in New Hampshire. New Hampshire's another flat one-mile track, but... Well, they ran modifieds at Iowa, I think, one of these past years. They might have. I have to take a look at it and see if they did, but... Yeah. Or that that race might have gotten canceled. I don't know, but... They, there's a chance they could have. I mean, I feel like Modified to Iowa would have been a very good race, but... Wait, what are Iowa? Uh, modified. Oh, modified there? Yeah, 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 Modified. Yeah, I feel I, like Modified. I so. Yeah. So, I mean... You could probably run a Modified at Milwaukee Mile on iRacing, couldn't you? Uh, I think so. We should be able to. Because Milwaukee Mile is... that's a, Is that on iRacing? Yes, it is. Sorry, I don't mean to yell. Or not yell, but yell. Yes, yes it is. Oh, that's... Boy. Tempt me with a good time. Oh, yeah. No, the Milwaukee Mile is on iRacing. That's a very, very good track. Very fun. And a lot... It's a lot... If you're talking about, like, the Milwaukee Mile from NASCAR 2005 to iRacing, it's entirely fucking different. The Milwaukee Mile has more bumps in turn one than it does in like the entire like there's more bumps in turn one than it's got fucking blemishes in nascar 05 that that's how rough that track actually is i i forgot indycar went there yeah they did go there uh, for a time looking, i was looking i was looking some shit up yeah i feel like i don't know if dan weldon won there Maybe it's. I think it was Ryan Hunter Ray. I watched. I watched the end of one once. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't but I've definitely seen a little bit of them there. Yeah. No, definitely. But yeah, to kind of put a period on. Um, to kind of put a period on Sunday. Obviously, then we you know we talk about Indy and and whatnot. We. Then then we have the Cup race. Obviously, Hendrick Motorsports. My boys. My boys over at Hendrick. Stomping ass. Kyle Larson taking the dub. Led like 320-something laps. Not quite to the domination we saw from Truex back in 2016, but still a very awesome performance. And really the only people that could have caught Larson was his teammates. I mean, Chase got up there and ran with him for a little bit. Uh, Byron took the lead for a few laps. I mean, Alex Bowman was there. He wasn't as hot as his other teammates, but, I mean, he was still up front, man. I mean, Hendrick and... And yeah, he, he led laps, but he was not happy with his car. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He said his car didn't like him. That's yeah, what he said on the <laughs> his car didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah. truth be told, with, with what the hell, I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, Hendrick Motorsports win 269 in the Cup Series, which is now the all-time winningest um, team in NASCAR Cup Series history. Fucking way to go, boys. Fuck yeah. Uh, my Hendrick allegiance will show, and I don't care. Um, this this is, this is makes up for the past five or six years where they've been fucking lackluster, and I'm so glad that I'm reaping the I'm fucking reaping the benefits of being a Hendrick fan right now. Boy, it's a good fucking time, so. Hell, it's, honestly, it's a, it seems like a decent year to be a Chevy fan. Austin Dillon, he's starting sixth on Sunday at Sonoma. He's, uh, he had a great run Sunday night. Uh, Tyler Reddick has, I feel like he's shown improvement. I feel like they're a little more consistent this year. Yeah. RCR seems like a team on the rise, and honestly, 
Daniel Suarez is proof of that because uh-huh. Trackhouse with their allegiance with them, Daniel Suarez is proof that RCR is making progress because Trackhouse, you don't see a team, I know they've had modest results, but they've had speed. And Suarez has been no slouch this year. I'd argue he's, well, the 96 car last year, he wasn't really able to shine. He was running around with like the Rick Ware cars, bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, no offense to Gaunt Brothers Racing, they're, they're, they're low scale. It's, it's tough operation at times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what the hell? But yeah, RCR Trackhouse, that just that just bodes excellent for uh, Chevrolet's prospects. To have more teams get closer to Hendrick's level, they need that so bad. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, I mean, no manufacturer has that really. It's like one super team. Ford's got Penske. SHR, you can't. I can't call SHR any kind of a flagship team when Kevin Harvick's the only one hauling any of the mail. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't understand that Penske is just that much better than SHR aside from Harvick. But even Penske's uh, not been all that hot recently. Even recently, yeah, yeah they. Eh. But yeah, I, I wanted to just kind of throw that in there because they've kind of been off the past couple of weeks. But yeah, no, and to kind of also throw in, I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, remember that RCR is now working with Hendrick. Um, they're working together. They're collaborating oh, together. Are they doing the engine package? Yes, they are collaborating on it's, an engine is package. Is it just now. engines? I think it's okay, just engines. Yeah. But yeah, so that's probably where that's coming from. I mean, RCR is getting Hendrick. Is I mean, they're working together. My think my thought process. I think well, that Chevrolet weren't. Well, Chevy are they the ones that they? Don't, I wouldn't say they forced their teams to work together, but weren't they the one that called that? mid-race meeting or whatever the fuck it was at a super speedway under rain once or something yes yes it was or was that before the race where they were like hey we need to get all the chevrolets to work together yeah they were like adamant about it yes they've been and as much as i hate i hate that idea of like a a manufacturer trying to manufactured teamwork yeah Yeah. i hate i hate that but i i understand it so i mean but yeah, Chevrolet is that team that's they've been trying to do it, and I, I mean they're trying to they were struggling for a while, so they were trying to get every uh, trying to get back to the top. So I guess I understand the the oppressiveness for it, but um, yeah, so I think that's where RCR really is coming in handy. I mean, I I'd like to think that RCR is getting Hendrix engines, but I could be wrong. I don't know for a fact. If somebody does know that, you can please let me know. But I know that Hendrick and RCR are working together on the engine program, so that's probably where that help's coming from. And that help between RCR and Hendrick, that's got to be bleeding down to to Suarez's team, to Trackhouse. It has to be. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> There's no doubt about that. And to go back to the hell was it? We were talking about Ford and uh, Penske SHR. Yeah. Something we we've been late with. Uh, I know we're not the most current podcast at times. For those of you listening, we we uh, well, you want to get into the Brad Keselowski stuff. Speaking of Ford, is basically where I'm going with this. Because, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a whole that's, that's a big huge. elephant in the room. That's huge. And that is the that is. We haven't talked about that one. Yet. That's the elephant and the 600 pound gorilla in the room. I mean, that's that that's huge, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, um, lots of rumors swirling the past couple of weeks that Keselowski might be going to Roush Fenway. Uh, he's off. He was apparently offered a co ownership role with the team, so it'd be like Roush Fenway. 
Fenway Keselowski Racing. Uh, apparently, he would have a ride. I don't know if they would create a new car for Keselowski or if somebody in that team is leaving right now. I do not know. Um, we got to get in touch with Newman. I think his. I think he's in a contract year, so I don't know if Newman's leaving or if he's staying. Yes, we don't he is. know. Newman. Newman is in a contract year, but we know he wants to continue racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says he has no plans to retire anytime soon, so he should be staying. Um, Chris Buescher is in that 17 car, and he's been doing awesome this year. He's been he he's been a highlight this year. I feel like, and they Fox is Mike Joy is usually pretty good at pointing out when people are running good. Um, kind of on the on the repeat, but I mean, we got to shed light on Chris Buescher because he's been up front more often than not that homestead race remember homestead where he was leading like he led like the first i think he won the first stage and like was he won up the first front. uh yeah he won the first stage he was up front for a good majority of that race and uh, is it just me or am i the only one that remembers chris busher literally out driving chase elliott to an xfinity championship in 2015 no, was that? I'm being sarcastic. Was it but fifteen or sixteen? I think it was fifteen because Chase won the championship I'm in fourteen. Looking, I'm looking that up. Yeah, Chase won the title in fourteen, and I think he was trying to be a repeat champion in fifteen, and Chris Busher beat him. But I'm being sarcastic. I mean, people could sit there and be, like, oh, Chris Busher ain't done nothing. Well, I mean, Chris Busher is a talented driver. Um, Anybody else remember him beating Chase Elliott? He's a cousin of James Busher. Yes, and James Busher remember uh, won that crazy Daytona Xfinity race in 2012, 2011. We're like, yeah, James Busher literally was running 12th on going into turn three in the last lap of that that Daytona Xfinity race. I think he was running like 11th or 12th, and literally the top 10 all crashed coming off of turn four, and he took the win. <laughs> oh, James Bush, yeah, the Daytona Xfinity race. Mm-hmm. I uh yeah, you were right. Twenty fifteen, James Busher uh picked up the Xfinity Series title. You mean Chris Busher? But yeah, or Chris Busher? Yeah, my yeah, bad. yeah. Chris Busher picked up that Xfinity title and outdrove Chase Elliott to do it. I mean, am I the only one that remembers that? No, no. I mean, it seems like people yeah, seem to correct. have forgotten. He was able. Busher was able to hold off defending champion Chase Elliott. He held. He beat out Chase Elliott, Ty Dillon, and Regan Smith. That yeah, year. so for those saying so that Chris Bush is no slouch, folks. Yeah, he's no slouch. If he, anybody is out there saying that, yeah, he's no slouch. Shout out to you, Irishman. I know you're a Chris Busher fan, so yeah, shout out to you. <laughs> but yeah, he's no slouch. He he deserves a good shot. I mean, he deserves he deserves better. Uh, in person, personally, I hate to use the word deserve because eh, you know, but I feel like he's. Earn, yeah, earn, he's earned a, he's earned his chance to be in a potentially better ride i feel like yeah that's well you say potentially better ride i say to you i think brad keselowski going to fen uh rush fenway keselowski whatever the hell they're gonna call Our it fucking rfk, RFK yeah I think that says something. He must see something in Roush that they're doing right, or he sees something that he believes in, or maybe because I don't think Brad Keselowski is the type that's going to be bought and just like, you know, hey, please come help us. Like we'll pay you a bunch of money. I don't think he's one of those types of guys. No, I... Brad Keselowski, I think, has a vision for this. There's maybe maybe he's a big believer in the new car. Maybe he just pure likes the direction Roush is going, but 
Keselowski, he used to own a truck team. He's got ties with Ford. What he brings to a race team, I'm I'm excited for the prospects of Roush. I think this says a lot about validating Roush, saying Roush is now maybe going to turn the corner. I think yeah. Brad Keselowski can make that much of a difference for that organization. I, I, I would agree with you, and I would kind of agree. Um, uh, maybe you can... Maybe you can agree with this analogy or not, but I feel like if Keselowski is to go to Roush Fenway and, you know, have the co-ownership, not only – I think Keselowski wants, like, ownership stake. I think that's obviously the next step in his life, in his career. He's already successful. He's got a cup championship. He's a perennial – you know, playoff contender and somebody who's, you know, going to be fighting for championships. So he's he's there every week, or not every week, but every year right. he's in contention. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to burp. Um, but right, so, I mean, but he's there every year. But what's the next step for him, really? I mean, it, he's been somebody the past couple years where his they've noted it on broadcast where his contract is his contract's been questionable for the past couple of years last year they didn't well, know what was, was going to happen like yeah he was a free agent going in or was going to be a free agent last year and i think i wonder how the negotiations with penske went because i'm sure he had to take a pay cut to stay there i'm and sure i wonder if he was not too thrilled about that, maybe he wants to go see what greener pastures might look mm. like. Who knows? Who who the heck knows? I don't see Keselowski being the kind of person that chases after money. He's the kind of person that change that chases after doing what he wants. Um, yeah, he and, want, he's chasing after excellence. Yeah, and he's. Um, I really feel like Keselowski will probably is taking the ownership role because that's that's exactly his probably his next step his next big thing is to do the ownership role yes he had his truck team nascar came out with the restrictions of the cup drivers being able to race in that series and he said well you know if i can't race my own truck then i'm not even gonna have a truck that's exactly what happened so he shut his truck team down he's you know he's got uh he's got an eye for talent too I mean, mm-hmm. Parker Kligerman drove for him. Tyler Ruddick, Ryan Blaney. Those are just three. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. If you want to? If there's any that you can recall that li- drove for him? I mean, that's really about it. But I mean, you only have to say Ryan Blaney. He pulled Ryan Blaney out of a late model and put him in a truck, and Ryan Blaney was instantly good. And then Ryan Blaney got, you know, he he had the rocket shit stuffed up his ass, and he went to Wood Brothers, won at Pocono, and and made himself. Uh, into a cup series driver and made himself into a, a, another perennial playoff top 10 driver. So he's obviously Keselowski does have an eye for talent and you know, him going him possibly taking over the ownership role. It's just the next step. And I mean, I, I kind of would agree that I don't think anybody wants to take a pay cut. Nobody really does. But I mean, if, even if that's the argument, if you're an owner, you're obviously making more money as an owner. So, I mean, even if that happened to be the case. But Keselowski, I feel like, has the credentials. He has the ability to find talent. He has the ability to run a team, obviously. He ran a successful truck team. Um, and my analogy is that if Keselowski does indeed do this, it will be, in my opinion, the equivalent to when Tony Stewart started his team and decided to go oh, and align sure. with Haas. Yeah, 
because it's Stu- exactly like that. Stewart, I feel like. yes, you just have a, an outside group with Fenway, right? Because Stewart, I mean, everybody was like, "Well, what's Stewart gonna do?" You know, he was on his contract year at Gibbs, and uh, I could have swore that he would have just started his own team, like entirely on his own. But no, he decided to go with somebody who had a lot of resources and like obviously knew what they were doing gene has has got fucking resources out the ass (laughs) so but i mean and that's kind of what it was i mean at first you kind of sat there and well why is stewart going to team up with gene haas i mean gene haas's cars are mid-pack cars like why is he going to do this and then the next year when he won the all-star race and then won a pocono he's like oh okay i get it now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I feel like that that's probably the perfect uh, analogy. Keselowski going to Rush Fenway, I would be all in favor of that. It's huge news because I always felt like Keselowski would stay with Penske forever and ever and ever. Um, but I mean, if if you were offered an ownership stake in a team that wasn't obviously the team that you were on, I would certainly take it if I had the chance to. I, why would you not? That's, that's the next, that's obviously a promote, it's quote unquote a promotion. It's a next step. You're now the driver and now you're a driver owner. So technically, yes. Ah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's the next step. It's the next step in, in his career. I feel like at this, at this point, I mean, and he's going to be a co-owner, not just, you know, obviously he had his truck team, but he's going to be co-owner of a cup team. Like that's. That's the top of the charts, my man. That's you ain't getting no higher than that. Absolutely, I want. It's gonna be fun to see uh, see him play owner from the driver's seat, just like Denny Hamlin has to. Yeah. Speaking of Denny, uh, we can get into that news as well. Uh, news broke through Jordan Bianchi of the Athletic this past week that Kurt Busch is rumored for a second twenty three eleven car next season. Hmm. Man, I. That kind of, I mean, kind of like Keselowski, to me, that came out of left field. Um, I Oh, yeah, that one, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. No. Everyone knew 2311 was probably going to expand, but everyone, I don't know if we knew how quick. Yeah. Uh, but Toyota has got easily the most crowded development system in the sport for much. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any way around it. No. Uh, look at that Xfinity team. They got Harrison Burton there. Uh, Christian Eckes, I think, is still in the pipeline. Chandler Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, who, top prospect right now would probably be Sam Mayer, but I mean, yeah. we're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. Well, Ty Gibbs, too. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I forget about that. Fucking Ty Gibbs. Yeah, Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs at 18. What's, what's he going to do? Being. Cup in 20? I don't know when Martin's going to retire. Hopefully, yeah. not <laughs> Hopefully not for a little not bit. Not to pontificate on that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, Kurt Busch to 2311 says to me that Kurt probably wants to be full-time at least one more year. Maybe I, he wants to raise a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because I, I kind of think he's going to be like Harvick, at least. They want to race a, another year or two and then transition into broadcast because they're going to have that much more knowledge of this new car. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I didn't think about that, but that would definitely help. The new car, the knowledge with the new car, that would definitely help with broadcasting. But And, and you know, to be fair, Kurt Busch does an awesome job. Harvick does an awesome job with broadcasting as well. So that wouldn't surprise me, but I always kind of peg... Harvick and I kind of peg Kurt Busch as people who I hate that I hate to use this term because man I remember when they were fucking rookies in the series but Harvick and Kurt Busch to me seem like the people that have roots growing out of their shoes like they're gonna want it they're gonna stick around and race into their 50s like even if they're not full-time or anything like that but I always peg Harvick and Kurt Busch to be racing well into their 50s like that they're going to be here for forever and ever and ever so um which is interesting because i mean kurt bush i think his deal has been a year to year deal anyways with chip ganassi uh, like the past couple of years I, they were always talking about well what's kurt going to do next year because it was always a year by year basis with him so wouldn't surprise me struggle to win a race too for him yeah, I mean, or at least I feel like it's been more of a struggle since he's been a Ganassi. I mean, Kurt Busch used to be a lot more of a contender than mm-hmm. he has been. But also at the same time, um, he has averaged one race win a year. I mean, it's kind of kind of odd how it kind of worked out with Kurt. Um, the past four or five years, he's averaged one win a year. I mean, he won the 517, 2018. I think he won at Bristol in 2018. Um, 2019, he won at Kentucky on that late race restart. Last year, he won at Vegas, which was very cool to see. He won that one on a late race restart. Um, but I would agree that it seems like Kurt Busch is starting to slow down a little bit. Not in an offensive way. Not saying that he's getting old and he's washed up. I'm just saying that, you know, it seems like that. It happens to every single driver. Jeff, it happened to Gordon Johnson. Every driver that's been majorly successful in the Cup Series, they have those years after when they get a little bit older that they just they're not as prim and they're not as as prim and primed. You know what I'm saying? They're not. They don't have. Um, I'm trying to put it nicely, but yeah, they're pro- they're not putting up they're not putting up video game numbers in the win column. Yeah, that that's probably the nice way of saying it. But I mean, it's not saying that Kurt Busch is a bad driver. He's still a great driver, still a chase. He's still playoff contender or top ten perennial. I mean, he's doing awesome. But I mean, it, it's really up to Kurt because I mean, he's still proven that he can he can offer a lot uh, to a team. He's he's still very talented. Um, and I think that if he goes to twenty three eleven, he will add a ton. A ton of valuable experience to that team. I mean, yeah, they got Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is a solid driver, but I mean, he lacks the experience that Kurt Busch has. That's what Kurt. That's what Kurt can hang, hang his hat on if he goes over there. Is the experience? How you know how and why things should be done the way they are done? You know, and I bet you that if he does go over there, that team will definitely. Um, uh, not that the team is bad, but they will certainly find their ways a lot quicker. Right. I mean, Kurt Busch offers that kind of direction because of his uh, one of his uh, one of Kurt Busch's calling cards, as I understand it, 
is his feedback is impeccable. He's able to give great information back on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is. And if you listen, it's so funny because you, uh, there are still times where I think of Kurt Busch back in the early 2010s where he's just screaming obscenities on the radio and it's kind of funny. But, I mean, now that he's, you know, he's really mellowed and really, I mean, matured, I don't think would be the right word. But, I mean, he's really calmed himself down and his, you're right, he is very, even in his interviews when he wrecks or even in his interviews when he's talking about stuff, super descriptive like i enjoy listening to kurt bush be very descriptive about that stuff um he obviously knows a lot and that would definitely help 2311 if he is indeed going to be going over there again it's just speculation at this point but i mean it's technically still speculation with keselowski but after hearing his after hearing some of the media stuff he had to say when they went to charlotte last uh last week and hearing kind of his response at that point, it's pretty much a done deal. He just can't talk about it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, well, when it comes to Keselowski, you mean? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much a done deal for him. Which is, yeah. he, he doesn't have the ability to say anything about EA. It's kind of like a... <laughs> it's kind of like um, it's kind of like divorce proceedings. You can't really talk about it until everything, all the paperwork's been finalized, so... Oh, well, I mean, his reservation for a tire test at Texas got canceled, so that, that said everything he needed to say. That's Ryan it. Blaney's doing that test now. Yeah, that's, exactly. There you go. That's, that that, that says, uh, yeah, you're not getting that, any kind of seat time that we can use another driver for. Deuces. Yeah, that's a big fucking red flag right there. I agree. <laughs> So I mean, it's that's oh, interesting. Man. And that's one other side note about Kurt going to twenty three eleven. The team that twenty three eleven is aligned with, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, which Denny Hamlin races for. Guess whose brother's over there? Uh huh. Yep. Bush. That's right. Kurt Busch's little brother. Yep. And that'll be, if that's the case, that will be something to behold because. Last time that these guys, I mean, they raced each other at Kentucky when Kurt won that race at Kentucky. But aside from that, these guys really, I mean, I won't say raced each other super hard, but like, and I won't say that they've outside never been that around. Outside of one All Star race incident, yeah. Outside of the All Star race incident, they've been pretty clean pretty much their entire career. They have. Yep. I think there was one other wreck they had, but it wasn't near the drama of the. Uh... The All-Star race. Yeah, that All-Star race. I know I read a the Grant Bensinger interview where they said they didn't talk for like a year after that. I mean, that was bad. <laughs> oh, I thought it was I thought it was just a Thanksgiving. But, it might well, I mean, it, it's maybe. still still a long time. <laughs> it's still a very long time. Eventually their grandmother sat them down and said, "Boys, you need to work this shit out." <laughs> but yeah. I believe it was something like that. Yeah, their grandmother was like, um, yeah. But, yeah, that would be interesting to see. I mean, Kurt and Kyle kind of on the same on the same kind of, uh, yeah, what's the, what's the word? On the same headspace, on the same page. I mean, that'll be interesting for sure. That's going to be great at Daytona and Talladega. I can't wait to see how that shit works. Oh, it's yeah. Working together. All right. So, I know I got in a, on a quite the tangent earlier on in the podcast, maybe a little impassioned. Uh, <laughs> here's the con- here's the controlled version of that. So, came up with a topic 
prior to the show with Dale, uh, I had this little phrase pop in my head, and we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to talk about the validity of exhibition races and how they're used, because we could be doing a whole lot more and providing a whole lot more entertainment, in mm. my humble opinion. How about you, man? I, I would agree. Um, I don't know. I know that you probably already have an idea on where you want to turn where you want to steer this argument so i'll kind of just kind of i have i have no i have no rudder for this i'm just <laughs> writing shit down as i, I it, it popped into my head prior to the show like i said like you just you spawn yeah. the thought and we're gonna we're gonna go after it yeah um so my opinion on the all-star races and i mean we'll get into the travesty that is this year's all-star race jesus fucking christ almighty but um, I mean, I would agree with you on that point because the All-Star race, and I'll kind of preface it this way, the All-Star race used to fucking mean something. It used to mean a lot. Um, but in my personal and humble opinion, these All-Star races have gotten entirely too fucking gimmicky or they've been entirely too test session-y, you know, uh, they're entirely too fucking gimmicky. Um, last year, Bristol. Okay, yeah, I like the idea of moving it to Bristol. That that's that's not a bad idea. But then we had to move the numbers on the cars, and then we had to run neon lights underneath of them. Like uh, too fucking gimmicky. And the past couple years for the All Star race before that was essentially used as test sessions to test the fucking aero package. Remember in 2018, we were still running that low downforce package and NASCAR oh, said... Holy shit. You know what? You know what's great about this? Yeah. What's we're that? We're about to have like a full-on... We're about to have a full-on disagreement. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, maybe not... Maybe disagreement's not the proper word for this. Uh, I actually liked... The idea to slide the numbers at the all-star race because what better race to do it uh, okay because it doesn't matter it's not the points or it doesn't matter in that sense in the strict sense of the term okay because uh, I feel like the how they're used portion of that opening ethos I provided like it's the perfect opportunity to try something different. Like, I feel like we could do more exhibition races in, say, the wintertime or in the summertime. But don't, like, take away, like, do ex do random exhibitions at grassroots racetracks with these guys. Like, it, I'm not even saying bring the cup car, but if you're looking for ratings, entertainment, like... A lot of these guys love to race anyway. Kyle Larson's racing the night after the 600, and he won again. Yeah. On Monday night. Like, there is guy, there's guys in the field that'll go race something during the week. I mean, Chase Elliott did the Snowball Derby this past year. I mean, a bunch of guys did the Snowball Derby. Let's, they do that. There's a, a mm -hmm. really good showing for that race every year. Yep. Uh, Corey LaJoy was there last year. That's right. Uh, Noah Gregson, uh, the list goes on. Yeah, another big race, obviously, is the Chili Bowl. You know, Stuart Larson, oh. Christopher Bell, those guys all yep. show up to that. Brett Moffat was there this year. Uh, I think Chase Briscoe might have been. J.J. Yaley always goes. Mm -hmm. um, 
But essentially, you got all these guys that are, they, they race cup and they're big names, and they will race. They'll race stuff during the week, smaller stuff during the week. You know, I can't. I, that goes against the argument because this is like, this is mainly for cup. I don't. I, I think NASCAR needs to drop their standards as far as infrastructure goes. In some ways, like, f- fuck it, go pack out, go pack Hickory for a night. Like, <laughs> get. I don't know how many Hickory holds five thousand, and I don't know if it's got the proper amenities to. I mean, if. There'd probably be a riot outside the track type of thing. I'm not sure, but... Or not not a riot. People angry that they can't get in type of thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you can have an, an event that's that exclusive. I would think so, but mm-hmm. you never know. Uh, but, I mean, throw some extra grandstands in if you have to. Take the cup cars to Hickory, or take them to Stafford, Thompson... Take them to these small places, uh, Kern County, where Kevin Harvick came up. Or, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I know we're looking at going to Nashville. Or hell, take them to take them to Five Flags Speedway, where they run the uh, the snowball derby. There's hmm. all these great short tracks that you could be going to with cup cars for exi- exhibition purposes only. Like, say, hey, fuck it, F- sixteen of you guys want to like come out for a night and. You ain't gonna bring your best car or anything, but let's go have some fun, put on a show for the fans. Yeah. Like have a true exhibition. You don't have to run an exhibition race like the Clash or the All Star race at at a Charlotte or a big track. Like I understand there's sanctions and there's contracts, but there's you have to be willing to open new doors to get in front of new eyes. To you got to do different shit that s- still connects the fan to what makes NASCAR NASCAR, I suppose. I would, you know what? And I kind of, I like, at first, way you were going with it, I would disagree. But now that you've explained it more, I kind of actually agree with you on that. I mean, you know, it's not like we are running a points event. We get, get your guys, get a few, it, it, almost in a strange sense, and you talked about NASCAR 2005. Remember how you used to have those charity events in NASCAR 2005? Think a lot yes! of those. Think a lot of those charity yeah. events. Yeah. That, that's a great analogy for those of you that have played NASCAR. Yeah. A la 2005, NASCAR 2005, NASCAR 06, NASCAR 07, where we'd have those charity events that you would get invited to once you were You're gonna good enough. You're going to want to get a fucking PlayStation again. Oh, I've got an Xbox, bro. I'll bring that to New Hampshire if you come. <laughs> I'll bring it. And I got Thunder 2004, 2005, 06, 07. I got almost every NASCAR game for that original Xbox. But anyway, yeah, I I, I'll, I, I, div- I yeah, deviate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's all good. Invite these guys. I mean, maybe you, maybe instead of doing tire tests, maybe you can get 10 or 15 of your top cup guys and bring them to Stafford and do kind of like an SRX thing, but do it with the cup cars or, you know, God forbid. I mean, yeah. And again, yeah, just bring one car. Don't make it a big production. Right. You know, you're not going to, it's Stafford. Be, use your judgment. Like most of these guys came up on short tracks anyway. So mm-hmm. you're probably not going to tear your equipment up until the race. Like you're probably not going to need a backup car in practice unless you, you know, really fuck up. The only problem I feel like that is is just like NASCAR's problem now. I think it's money. I think I would love I love the idea, but I feel like money has to be the driving factor behind that. And that 
you know, Hendrick Motorsports is going to load up his cars and, and drive all the way up to little old Stafford Speedway for a exhibition race, they better get paid good, you know what I'm saying? But then you throw money at it, and well, then people... But then you start throwing money at it, and that's when things get taken way too seriously, and that's when the competition rises up, and then, oh, well, we do need to bring our best car because it's going to be worth money, you know what I'm saying? So you, you kind of get into that revolving that's, cycle. That's a fair assessment, too. Yeah, they're, they're probably not going to expense that. You're right. But it, I do like the idea, though. I, I kind of like that, you know, like, you know, get 10 or 15 of your best cup guys if they're available, you know, Put them in a, you know... Because well, I'm not saying I'm not saying we do this a bunch of races or during the... Well, I guess it would be during the year. A lot of these tracks you're not going to want to go to when it's freaking cold out. Yeah, we're um, not... You don't want to go to Stafford in November, so... Yeah, my... Because my initial thought would be not a, not a series, but you run an exhibition race a month during the off-season. Um... Maybe what clicked in my head is we go to Motegi or someplace like that again. Oh, Motegi would be fun. I feel like Suzuka would Motegi. be really fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could reel off a bunch of tracks, but that's, I mean, that's, well, you could make it worth NASCAR's while then. Absolutely. Oh, hell then yeah. Then they'd be bringing their best shit. Yeah. Then but they that would be, that would be an actual, then you wouldn't really be able to, uh, Ah, that's different. All right, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That would be cool. Well, there was part of this that, like, exhibition-wise, some tracks, like, if you are going to go to a place like Texas or Charlotte or anything that's on the schedule, I've in that sense, I feel like it's the perfect place to try gimmicky shit. I mean, I Cause agree. It's it, it's Because it's an, ex, it's an experiment anyway. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. To to an extent, I would agree. Like it's cool. I'm cool for trying stuff in the uh, All Star and, race. And by gimmicks, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to try a bunch of like the neon lights was just too much. Uh, There's a line that yeah that you don't yeah uh, that the, like the, the numbers. You want to slide the numbers? That's cool. But like, I'm tired of. We need to settle on some kind of like. Yeah. race formula or race procedure because as you you want to talk about this year's all-star format that, oh. that thing is just a dog's it's a dog's breakfast of bullshit yeah it it's is crazy. pretty much i mean what we're, we're gonna get a hundred laps and i think you said it best a hundred laps and what six fucking forced restarts on that shit like yeah uh yeah, this going into this race there's gonna be you off the top they will restart six times for a hundred laps, and that's not including if somebody wrecks. Yeah, at Texas, a hundred laps at Texas. That's not even a third of a cup race, and you're gonna fucking restack the field six times. Why? Why do we need that? I, I that is it's ridiculous. I'll I'll comment on the numbers thing. I I I. I kind of I'm more of a traditionalist in the sense that I really don't think we need to move the numbers, but I will tell you that I feel like I feel like if we remove the numbers, we'd have to move them. Let's move them all the way to the back on the rear quarter, um, kind of you know where that that sponsor is, like behind the rear wheel. I feel like that would be a good spot for the number, or maybe 
maybe it's too um, Australian V8 supercar, but I feel like that we should we could take those numbers and move them to the rear window. You know how they've got the NACTA duct in the rear window behind the the window net. Oh yeah. Yes. They should I think we could probably move them there. That would probably work. I I would be okay with that. Um num- moving I just don't feel like that moving the numbers to the back of the door did all that much. I don't think it was worth that much in my opinion. Um but I also think that the past couple of years, the all-star race has just been too gimmicky. Last year, yes, Chase Elliott won, and I was happy as a Chase Elliott fan. That race was entirely too fucking gimmicky. Neon lights, hello, too fast, too furious. Um, too fast, too furious called. They want their fucking neon lights from 2003 back. Yeah, I mean, did NASCAR get like a trademark lawsuit from that? I mean, I'm, I'm just playing, but like. <laughs> I mean, and the worst part was is that it was manufacturer based. So you had Chase Elliott with this green and white car with a fucking gold neon light on it that didn't match. Like, at least I don't know why Chevrolet didn't go with red. Like, why orange? Because it, well, that, because they're both amber. Whatever the fuck. And it's because the their Chevrolet logo, the bow tie is amber. Technically, if you want to get technical. Which, oh, and then Ford, of course, had blue, which looked a lot better. Yes. Toyota have green? No, red? Toyota had red. Red, yep. Oh, thank you. All right, all right. I, I don't know what Chevy should have done from them. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. But, I mean, at least if you're going to do the neon lights, let the teams control that. I mean, there was only a couple of cars that looked good last year. You had Kevin Hart. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember. I mean... I think Matt DiBenedetto had like a yellow car with a blue with the blue and Keselowski's car looked okay. He had the discount tire car. It was white and black with blue underneath it, but it just it didn't look right. At least let the teams control it and like be able to choose their colors so that they at least match. I mean, Chase Elliott with a green and white car, at least let him run a green or white fucking neon light under it. <laughs> like that that didn't make any sense. That was that was poorly executed. And the fact, what else was really dumb is that they only had the. I mean, I can under I understand that the engine area has a lot of heat and it could have obviously damaged the neon lights or burnt them out or whatever. But they were only on the back bumper. Why are we not? If we're gonna fucking go full too fast, too furious, let's go full too fast, too furious and put it all the way around the car. Like that it, it, it didn't sit right with me. I, I can understand why. Yeah, I, I mean, it was uh, it was just a not the easiest sight on the eyes as a as a NASCAR fan. It was a tough watch that night. No, but to me, and, and to kind of reel it back a little bit, the the All Star race I feel like has lost, in my opinion, it's lost its luster because it's been too, it's been too test session e the past couple of years like we had last year where we moved the numbers and had neon lights okay and we moved it to bristol last year then the year before you know we tried a new format and then the year before we still had the low downforce but that like we were running low downforce the whole season but then nascar said oh well, we're going to use the all-star race as a test session for the high downforce package which that was, I mean, it went okay, but it wasn't all that they great. They wanted to put, they wanted to put Daytona racing at one and a half mile tracks. Yeah, and I mean, the only reason we why, still fucking have it. yeah, it, it's not gonna happen. I mean, anytime that you put these big stock cars with less horsepower 
um, I, 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 I bring, I, I, I hate to do it to you, but anytime you put these stock cars with more, with less horsepower and tracks that you need to lift, it works on the super speedways because you don't have to lift on the super speedways. Everybody's running the same speed, but at tracks where you got to lift, if you want to, if you want lower horsepower at, for these cars on tracks that you got to lift, go watch the 2000 Duralube 300 from New Hampshire and tell me how that fucking race went. Because that was the New Hampshire race that they ran restrictor plates, and we didn't see a single pass for the lead the whole race. Jeff Burton led all 300 laps that day. That that's. I've never watched that race. Maybe I should go back. I mean, you can go and watch it. Um, I highly. I mean, that probably looks like art in motion. I mean, that is the really cool looking Exide car. Yes, and the but only... I digress. That was the... the only good thing about watching that race. The probably. only good thing about that was that they were they because they ran restrictor plates. They were running the super speedway exhaust at that time, so the cars sounded like mm -hmm. entirely badass when they were go down the straightaways because they were running that. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. the X pipe or the Y pipe, but they sounded awesome. But that's the only thing that. That was the only thing that was worthwhile about that damn race. Um, uh, I was not there, for those that are wondering, I was not there in attendance. I didn't start going to New Hampshire until 2008. But, um, yeah, that um, that race was not good. Um, I could tell you what I could tell you, you could probably find um, find better things to do with your time. Um, if you want, you can watch paint dry. Um, if you'd like, if you're gonna, if you're going to, I, I, I often take comfort, um, in use, in utilizing my time by reading Humpty Dumpty. That might be more effective than watching that race. Um, if, if you are still, if, if you're still convinced, if you're still convinced in watching this race, I, I still, I, if you're convinced and you want to go back and watch this race, I would, um, I would probably do a couple lines of cocaine beforehand so that you at least can stay awake for the whole thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's not, that, that race was not fun to watch. Anybody that wants lower horsepower and is a fan of lower horsepower on these cars, just, that's, that's, that's going to be your future right there. And it is technically our future right now. So, yeah. Rock and roll. Well, uh, real life has uh, come into play again. Food has arrived for me over here, so not to. We're gonna revisit this conversation because we can uh, get into more of that, including how I think the pit crew challenge should be uh, for the pole. Yeah. <laughs> for the all star race eternally. Yes. Pit crew challenge should never went away. But I digress. Sonoma this weekend. Who you got, Dale? Oh man, I mean it's hard to go against Chase Elliott. I mean. He's been the road course guy. Truex, obviously, very strong. He won the last two times that we were out in Sonoma. We didn't go to Sonoma last year because of COVID protocol. But I got to tell you, um, I will probably stick to the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to pick my man Chase to take the win here at Sonoma. Um, kind of con consolation, kind of secondary kind of pick. Uh, I'm looking for Matt Benedetto to be up there in the top ten. He usually runs real good at road courses. He was finished i think fourth or sixth there the last time they were there so my two boys man my boys maddie d and chase we're looking looking for good runs out of them all right oh martin 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 uh it's been a rough couple weeks for the 19 car i've uh, I, I don't like that 
both, you know, a little uh, glitch in the Matrix. Martin Truex is going to be starting 19th in the 19 car, and Christopher Bell, his teammate, is going to be starting 20th in the 20 car. <laughs> um, don't you just love that? I am... Where Martin is starting this race scares me. I don't know if I'm trying to, like, talk myself into picking him. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm... I'm feeling ballsy. He's really... I, I just... I alluded to it before the show. I'm just gonna kind of go out on a branch here because I think he's got some prowess to him with this kind of shit. Give me William Byron. Alright. Uh, Ooh. But you yeah. Can, you, can, you, can, you, you can kick me uh, you can kick me if Truex absolutely stomps the field and be like, that's what, I, that's what you get for not believing in MTJ. But <laughs> I hope MTJ does that to me, but I'm rolling with Willie B. Oh, alright. Willie B. Yep, that's right. And the last time they were at Sonoma, Chase and William Byron were both very fast until they both, I think they both had mechanical problems. So I can see it. Alright. Yeah, that 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 that'd be a good Rudy, pick. Rudy Fugel, Rudy Fugel has got uh, William Byron on. Uh, I think there's just another mm -hmm. level of confidence because I feel like he's just like that much more connected to yeah. his chief now. And he's a little more eye to eye than he did with Chad Knauss. Yeah, and William Byron is definitely hitting his stride this year, man. Let me tell you something. I mean, I know his top ten streak is over, but he has been damn consistent this year. They've got it figured out, so. I, I would I would agree with your pick. Hell yeah. Well shit. I mean, I don't see it. It, was, it, it would have been hard for you to disagree with that, considering you picked Chase. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This your Hendrick car. Your Hendrick car sucks, but mine. Yeah. Sucks. Right. And, <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, my Hendrick car yeah. is great. Yours sucks though. <laughs> yeah. There's um. Just to leave us on this, there's uh no. There's no real road course ringers this week. Uh, Scott Hacker is in the 78 for BJ McLeod. Uh, I think he ran the Daytona road course. Um, and one more oddity with the starting lineup. Uh, or not really an oddity, but Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch uh, coming from 29th and 30th. So deep in the field on the same row for the ECR cars. Ooh. Wow. I just find some, find some of what I'm seeing kind of relatively interesting. And, of course, Hendrick, one, two, three, and seven. Yeah. That... So it could easily be a good day as long as the boys keep it on the track. Right. I know we don't talk about yeah. a whole lot anymore, but, you know, transmissions obviously still a big thing. As long as you gotta got to keep the car on the track, can't make mistakes, and take care of that damn transmission i know these cars are damn near bulletproof now engines and transmissions and these boys don't even have to use the clutch to shift anymore um but you still got to protect that transmission still take care of it and the drive line and everything else and you know there's still there's a lot more forces and road courses um you know beating up the transmission and the drive line and everything um so you still got to take care of your stuff and you know things still got to go your way uh so you can have real fast cars and everything else, but you ain't going to be nothing if you tear first gear out of it trying to, you know, come down pit lane and leave your pit stall with that tall first gear. So, yeah, yeah. first gear is super crucial. Well, all four of them are crucial, but I digress. 
Yeah. Anyways, so. uh, on that note, thank you guys for joining us on episode six of hopefully many more to come with Dale Reynolds and yours truly, Ethan. Thank you so much for joining us. Dale, you got any final words? I'm a, I'm a slip off and indulge in some Outback with my lady. Uh, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate everybody tuning in and, and checking it out. Um, there's a couple of spots that I did want to let uh, say hello to. There's a, There's a some people in germany that we're reaching so hello to you um there's somebody out in india that we're reaching hello to you um i know a couple of guys that are tuning in um you know irishman is out there in kentucky we we see you guys out there uh, appreciate you guys tuning in trust me and you know we're we're growing this thing and spreading this thing i'm glad to see that we're 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 spreading out there we got some people in freaking germany and india man that's they're listening to us it's awesome so we thank every single one of you for tuning in and listening and and being a part of it and you know eventually we'll start having guests on this podcast but you know that will be in due time germany can you imagine hey fuck it one thing before we go can you imagine like nascar takes on hockenheim or the nurburgring <laughs> NASCAR and the Nurburgring would be amazing. I would love well, to see that. Well, there is Euro NASCAR. Maybe we can we, maybe we can get into that sometime. Maybe. I I. But anyways, we should do that. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, before we go, jumping on another tangent. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking man. Hell. We oh, never run awesome. out of shit to talk about when it comes to racing, do we? Nope, uh, never. Anyways, uh, everybody take it easy. Have a great week. Dale, I'll catch you on the flip side, man. We'll be in touch. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank everybody single for coming out and tuning in. Much love to you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Real NASCAR Discussion Podcast, the R&D Podcast, your home for Real NASCAR Discussion. Everybody, be safe. Have fun. Good luck to all your favorite drivers at Sonoma this weekend. And we'll catch you guys on the flip side, as Ethan said. Be safe, have fun, and we'll see you guys on the next podcast. We're out of here. Adeuces. Adeuces.